Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. To overcome laziness, it's like when we are called to do something and we fall short because of our slothful attitude. It's a good question. I think even in the way you phrased the question, I think it's telling because I think the better question, which is my opinion, I think the better question is how do we build discipline? I think you first have to get to the why you want to build disciplines. Why do you want to build discipline? What disciplines do you want to build? Right? Um, Usually that's going to come from one of two places. One is from a place of you have some sort of vision for something. Right? So you have a vision for something you want to do, and you understand that in order to to get there, you have to build certain disciplines and pathways and patterns for your life to get to where you want to get to. That's one way you see the vision for something. I haven't seen a lot of artist friends. They know that in order to be where they want to be with their artist artistry, they have to build the discipline of what? Practicing piano regularly, making music regularly, releasing music, being active on emerging platforms, being consistent. So they see the vision of I want to do this, this, and this, and this. So in order to get there, they know that they have to then work their way to disciplines, to get to disciplines, right? So the first side of building better disciplines is to understand the why, the, 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 the upside, the hope. How do we get to this destination if we don't take one step at a time, right? One step at a time. The first side of it, right? Because you see the vision of where you want to get to, the destination. The second side of it is you've been derailed so badly from your desired outcome. You fell on your face and you're so disappointed, dare I say disgusted in what you're becoming, that it is coming from a place of pain. I am in pain, therefore, I have to build discipline to get out of this pain to hopefully not be in as much pain. My uh, 12th grade English teacher told me this. Brilliant guy. His name is Tamborino. He's a football coach. He did real estate on the side. He really just taught English because he was bored. And he was tenured, so he could do whatever he wanted. So we, our, our, our senior year of English wasn't really English. It was communication 101 or, or the theory of communication. It was actually really brilliant. And he said, people only change if they're hurt, bored, or scared. Most of us need to be hurt. Most of us need to fall on our face. Most of us need to make a train wreck of things. And then we start seeing things. So it's that you've been so off put by your, 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 you've been so derailed by your own lack of action or your stupid actions that the only way out for you is to change your trajectory. This is where a lot of Christians are, by the way. I've blown it. 
repeatedly. I've made a mess of things. I need to change. How can I change? Jesus gives us a new heart. So that new spark is in there. Now we're like, oh, I see this thing for what it is. I've made a freaking mess of life. I need to change. I'm going to change my mind and change my trajectory and then go the opposite way of what I've been doing. I've been trying to do things my way or the world's way. I'm going to do things God's way. I've been trying to build up my empire. Well, I'm going to focus on building God's kingdom, right? So when you truly get that revelation of your state as a sinner and how good the gospel is, that that Jesus reconciles you to the Father, that he deals with sin, and he gives you a new heart, then you usually can turn the corner and start going in the other direction and start building disciplines. The root word of disciple is discipline, right? Discipline, disciple, it's, it's connected. Two ways to build discipline. Way one is have hope, vision, direction of what you want to do and get someone to help you get there. Right? Have faith, hope, direction of what you want to do. Have someone, a coach, someone get you there before you've been contaminated by the world, before you've been contaminated by your own desires, before you've been contaminated by your own foolishness. That's side A. Side B is, well, you have been contaminated. You made a mess of things. (laughs) And you know you can't keep doing things your own way. Therefore, you have to... Do something different. Live life God's ways. Figure out different ways. And also get some help along the way. Start there. So you got to ask, where are you in that process? Are you are you hopeful? Do you have a great upbringing? Do you have, you know, uh, parents who love you and they've laid out things for you, right? Or the flip side is, well, do you have uh, uh, trauma and, and, and issues and pain and you're trying to overcome pain. So anytime I've usually turned the corner on something in my life, it's usually came from a place of hurt, from a place of pain, from a place of suffering. I didn't want to suffer anymore. Therefore, the pain of staying the same was greater than the pain of changing. Most of us won't change until the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of changing. So you just might be in this really murky place where it doesn't hurt bad enough yet, right? So I'll get personal with you. I'm in the process of doing a weight loss transformation, okay? Um, I've done it before. I've lost 20, 30 pounds. I've gotten all the way down to 11% body fat. Long story short, uh, you know, the gym's closed. We had a baby. Your boy put on about 20, 30 pounds. Okay, so trying to lose this weight. You know what hurts? <laughs> How my body feels on the basketball court being 30 pounds overweight. You know what hurts? How my body feels after I lift and play basketball. My, my body is in pain, and I don't want to be in pain. And I remember what it was like to be light on my feet, to, to be 175, 180 pounds, and to be able to move swiftly up and down the court where I didn't get sore for a day or two after playing basketball. There is physical pain that is forcing me to change. Why are you lazy? Why are you slothful? Why do you have this attitude? It's probably going to come down to one of those one of those areas, right? Maybe you're just in that kind of like good, safe place where you're bored. And so then like how do you spark that desire to do something? I say, man, if you don't got no things you need to overcome, I would say look at 
the hope, the vision, and think about that. Think about what is the next step in that chain to get you to that to that to that side you want to be on. I, I would cast a vision and think about the vision and say, yo, I want to do a I want to do A, B, and C. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, now let's reverse engineer those steps. And I think if you have the hope and you in vi- the vision, then it becomes easier, right? Without vision, the people will perish. Write it down, make it plain. Right? That's in um, Habakkuk. That's why we write down things. So I have a, a, a book that I usually have with me. I'm always writing down things with my hands. So maybe you need to just figure out where you want to be. Now, some of you, right? And some of you guys are also working jobs that you hate and they're exhausting and therefore you are uh, struggling because you're doing something that you just, you're just, you're so depleted doing something. Therefore, you are exhausted. So I'm going to give you guys some practical sides. We talked about the macro idea. Let me give you some practical things. Your willpower is finite, meaning there's not an infinite amount of willpower, meaning that the longer the day goes on, the more likely you are to make bad decisions. So guess what? All the things you don't want to do that you know you should do, that you know you need to do, all like, I don't know, worship, read your Bible, get your butt in the gym, right? All those things, make your meals, make healthy meals, eat preemptively so you're not hungry, eating junky food. All those things, I would move all those things down to the beginning. Put them to the beginning of your day. It's not Satan's fault that you are sleeping in and not eating right. It's not Satan's fault that you're not reading your Bible. It's not Satan's fault. It's not Satan's fault. It's your fault. It's your responsibility. So in knowing that your willpower is extended and greater in the morning, do the hard things in the morning. There's a book that came out called Eat That Frog. If you have to wake up every morning and eat a frog, when would be the best time to do that? No, you you had to do it. You absolutely had to do it. There's no way around it. You had to eat a frog every day. When would be the best time to do it? In the morning, knock it out, get it out of your hair. Then the rest of the day is cake. Do the things you don't want to do, knock them out first thing in the morning. A lot of y'all ain't waking up in the morning. So get your butt to bed earlier. How do you do that? Well, you just got to suffer through one really crappy morning. Suffer through one really bad day. You go to bed at one, okay, get your butt up at five. Okay, it's going to suck. Drink an energy drink, drink some coffee, whatever you got to do. Push through that day, and I bet you the next day you'll go to bed at you know, 9, 9 p.m. And you'll be able to get up at 5.30, knock out all those things you don't want to do that you know you should do. Knock those out first. All right, so now we're getting into some really practical applicable disciplines. How do you build discipline? All the things you know you should be doing that you aren't doing, do them first thing in the morning. Knock them out. Get those that go, Get those out of the way. You get those out of the way, boom. The rest of your day is cake. How do you get up early? You make up your mind and you say, I'm getting up early. Guess what? Know what time I got to be up in the morning? Around four in the morning. Guess what? I'm getting up in the morning. Why? Because I got a flight. Got to be at the airport by six. Getting up at four. Okay? Here's the thing. If you were getting on a flight tomorrow to go to an event you really wanted to be at, guess what? You would get your butt up and figure out how to be up that early. Well, if you want that intimacy with God, if you want to lose that weight, if you want to eat better, get your butt up early. Because if it really mattered to you, you would figure it out. And yes, tomorrow morning is going to suck because I still haven't packed. And I'm on here with you guys. (laughs) Right? So I'm going to get up early. It's going to be terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to drink some caffeine. I'm going to get my butt to the airport. All is going to be well. And then the next day, 
I'll go to sleep early. I'll go to sleep earlier, and then I'll right. Your body adjusts. See, when if it's a priority, you'll figure out a way to make it happen. So, is your health the priority? This is why you got to go back to the vision. I see the vision and the value of going to Flavor Fest this weekend. Even though it's going to cost me sleep, money, and time away from my family. So I'm willing to sacrifice for the greater good of this thing that I see the vision and the value in. What do you see? So, so you see if I don't have vision there, you just tell me we're going to go uh, and wake up at four in the morning to get in, in, in to get on an airplane to fly cross country to go be in and go camping or pretending to be homeless in the mountains of Vermont. I don't even know if Vermont has mountains, but let's just say that. If you would tell me that, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would just be like, for the stupid, I'm not doing that. I don't want to go pretend to be homeless and call it camping. Right? I, I don't have I don't see the value in the vision of that. So the issue is you probably don't see the value in the vision of the things you want to accomplish yet. Maybe you don't know anyone that's consistently woken up for a year or two early and knocked out those things. So you don't have the vision and you're not enough pain. So you got to get one of the two. And by the way, this is why self-inflicted adversity is good. This is why those of us who choose to strength train, we know that there's that, 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 ah, that, that pain when that alarm clock goes up. That's good for you because you, you got that pain. So sum it all up. Do it as easy. Your life will be hard. Do it as hard. Your life will be easy. Start doing things that are harder. Start getting up earlier. Start training harder. Start eating better. Start drinking more water. Start reading your Bible more. Start praying more. Be vulnerable in community. These are the things that are going to move your the needle in your life. Right? So that is how we do it. This is just, I mean, it's really practical. You want to do it? Get up, get up earlier and do all, write down all the things you know you need to do. Better yet, write down the why you need to do them first and then and start doing them. And yes, that first two days of waking up early to do the things you know you should do is going to suck. But what you do is you have a conversation with yourself and you make up your mind and you say, "Where Ruslan, we're waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning. we got to be a flavor fest. And when that alarm clock is going to go off, my, my, my brain, my other part of my brain is going to say, no, I don't want to get up. And you know what's going to, you know what, I literally have this dialogue in my head when I want to do something. And my, the other part goes, no, we've already made up our mind. I've already made up my mind. I'm getting up at 4 in the morning tomorrow. Now, I don't always wake up at 4 in the morning. It's usually between 5.30 and 6.00. If you make up your mind about something, there's no debating when then you cross that. This has already been settled. This is settled. I'm getting up at four in the morning. No matter what, it's settled. Yes, it's going to suck. Yes, I'm going to sacrifice, but I'll be fine. I'll take a nap or whatever. I'll do what I got to do. So this is how this this is how you do it. And then over time, you pick the right habits to build. Over time, you will start seeing the needle move. For me, I like to do something active. I like to move around. It helps me stay up. I need some caffeine. And then I usually try to jump into, into some work. And by the way, at the end of the day is when your willpower is the lowest. So you're least likely to go and develop that new skill. You're least likely to do something hard. You're least likely to then go and train. You're least likely to be patient with people. You're least likely to make the good nutritional decisions. So why not go to bed earlier? Your willpower is already depleted. Your body has a circadian rhythm, right? It's, it's simple, but not easy. It's m- most of this stuff, simple, but not easy. Bruce Lawn. How does the enablement of the spirit play into being self-disciplined for you personally? Well, one question, Evan, before we get to the enablement of the spirit, I think this is like, let's, let's get the full revelation of the gospel first. 
because that's step one, right? Just a, just a full revelation of the, of, the, of the gospel. And then two, I feel like the spirit plays in that and gives you that insight and, and gives you that vision. That's, I mean, that's the tie-in. If you have that vision, then that's, in my opinion, if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe the, the spirit is giving you that vision. It may not be the exact blueprint. Like some of you guys are like, yo, I want to be a Christian filmmaker. Okay, respect. Like I want to be a Christian rapper, right? I, st- I still make Christian rap, but like, so you might be in the like the like the spirit may guide you towards the right thing, but not necessarily give you all the details. So I do believe that a lot of times that thing, as long as it's aligned with the word of God, meaning like the spirit's not going to be like be an OnlyFans model for Jesus, right? Like that's not the spirit. Like sell crack for Jesus, or like go start a meth lab for Jesus. That ain't the spirit. That's something else. That's a different kind of spirit. Okay, but the spirit, generally speaking, if it's not something that's like oh clearly overtly against Scripture, I think the spirit is going to guide you towards that vision and towards that thing in your life, with the caveat that you know you you haven't gone through a gang of trauma and you're not uber isolated and you're not you know like tragedy, all that, right? Because that's that's all real. That's all real. But I think generally the Spirit will give us like a trajectory and then we kind of got to walk through that process because I feel like if God just like showed you everything, you'd freak out. And so I think the Spirit gives you that trajectory and then you go, you go okay, that's the trajectory. Now let me like kind of create plans around that because I don't, I don't control all the variables, but the variables I control, I kind of got to go that direction, right? So... You know, if you are watching this and you're going through mental health stuff and like the spirit might be nudging you along through me sharing my testimony to go, let me go and get, uh, uh, let, let, let me go get some help. Okay, what that looks like, maybe you go get a therapist, maybe you go get in a support group, maybe you go get in a small group, maybe you go get a counselor, but let me get some help. Maybe you even have to go back on medication, maybe you haven't been taking your medication, you know you're off, right? And it's like, okay, let me get let me get that situation right, and the spirit might be nudging you to, to get that in order so that they can give you the, the, the greater vision of where you're trying to go. I think that's where the spirit comes in. And I do believe that the spirit will give you supernatural willpower for seasons in your life. Like, I believe right now God's given me a supernatural capacity. My daughter's six months. Um, now out that, that I didn't have when, when you know, six months ago when my daughter was brand new born, I, I, my capacity was low. I believe God's giving me a supernatural capacity. We're doing this. I don't know if I told you guys, uh, mastermyhabits.com. Um, if you go to mastermyhabits.com, we're putting together an entire series, not a series, a, a free course, a free course at mastermyhabits.com. This is in the description below, and this is going to be all about freedom forming habits. And, and we're going to do a whole free series about this. So I feel like God's giving me a supernatural grace and a supernatural capacity to put together stuff. If you go sign up for this right now, you get a, a, a current playlist of a series all I did all about addiction. But we're putting together an actual free course, like like free, free, like there's no catch. And and I'm going to be taking people through a, a series of how I was able to quit looking at porn and conquer, conquer my sex addiction and you know, uh, lose weight and all these different things. I'm probably going to have therapists in the class and all these different things. So that's like a free course. So I believe that God is giving me a supernatural capacity. The spirit is giving me a supernatural capacity in this season because where I see where I need to go. And by, and what I mean by over-spiritualizing things, I saw that come up. When I say over-spiritualizing things, what I'm saying is, hey, a lot of us have stayed in the house because of these lockdowns, I wasn't a fan. Stayed in the house, and we didn't move. 
And we looked, and we're 20, 20 pounds overweight. Some of y'all were staying in the house before the lockdowns. Y'all was social distancing before social distancing was a thing. Okay, so now there is a, 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 a an extra burden on your physical body and your health. And if you don't do something about it, it's going to get worse. Heart disease, obesity, right? Okay. Don't over-spiritualize that. When you end up in a freaking hospital because you got you're pre-diabetic, don't say, oh, it's it's a spirit. It's a demon. It's not a demon. It's because we was all cooped up in a house during these lockdowns, and some of us were social distancing before that was a thing, and we don't go outside, and we sit all day, and if you don't sit and if you overconsume and we eat calorically dense food instead of nutritionally dense food, well then what do you think is gonna happen? You just gonna get you just gonna get real thin? <laughs> I'm preaching to myself here, right? So it's like, fam, don't over spiritualize that. Don't over spiritualize that. That's just it's just it's freaking. Right? The laws of thermodynamics. Like, you can't consume more than you expo- than, than, than you than you burn and expect something not to go wrong. So so that's that's how that works. It's, 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 that's not super deep. And I've heard people say stuff like that. Oh, it's, it's an attack from the enemy. It's an attack from the enemy. Got a, got a bad heart. Because attack, attack from the enemy. Okay, maybe it is. Or maybe it's all that McDonald's you've been eating and you need to get your butt off that couch and get your butt in the gym. Okay? And don't let it be too late where you got to end up on one of these shows. That's what I mean by over-spiritualizing, right? Like you watch those shows and it's so heartbreaking, right? But those people don't end up that way overnight. That takes years and years and years and years and years to get to, to, to get there. So, like, I, I, I'm saying these things. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, a jerk. I'm just saying, like, that's what I mean by over-spiritualizing. Like, we over-spiritualize... Everything. Some of y'all, you, 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 you refuse to build any useful skills. You refuse to work hard. You refuse to make friends. You refuse to go to college. You refuse to go and join a tech program. You refuse to do any, you refuse to take a financial class, financial university, and, and, and learn how to manage your money. You refuse to live in a cheaper part of the country where the cost of living is inexpensive. And then you go, oh, I, you know, I, I'm short on my rent. It's, just, it's an attack from the devil. It's not an attack from the devil, fam. It's, a, it's, 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 it's an attack from your flesh. It's more of a consequence of your poor decision making this entire time. So we got, yeah, we got to stop blaming the the devil for everything. You're giving him too much credit. You're giving him way too much credit. You give him way too much credit over you, and you give him way too much clout and context of 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 where he is in, in, with God. So I am overweight because I made poor choices. That's on me. It's not on nobody else. It's on me. Ruslan. Brandon, thanks for watching, brother. Ruslan, where is a good place to start when I have sinned and want to be restored back to Christ? I've asked for forgiveness, but the shame and guilt hasn't left. So it seems like we're kind of 
in, embarking on this concept of forgiving yourself, shame, uh, getting back on God's grace. So I'll give you guys a passage. If you guys can, I really recommend the book of Romans, like the whole book. Like you should really read the whole book because you will see a lot of the dilemmas that many of us are going through right now. And so Romans 6, there's this tension of like, should we go on sinning just because grace will abound, right? That's the typical, like, what do you believe eternal security? So I could just do whatever I want. And Paul is like, no, just because grace abounds when we sin, it doesn't mean you go on sinning. That means you sin less, right? Um, you'll never be sinless, but you can sin less because you understand grace. So to believe that's Romans six, right? And then Romans seven, Paul is talking about this 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 relationship he has with his flesh and 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 just struggling and wrestling with things that he feels like he can't control and he's he, and he's just like what a wretched man I am and it ends though in Romans eight so the end the end of Romans seven is like what a wretched man I am who will deliver me from this body of death which I think a lot of us have been there right and then he goes right into Romans eight which says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This juxtaposed is fascinating to me. Paul is wrestling with his flesh. Some people have tried to make theories like, oh, it's before he was saved. He's speaking in past tense. I don't think he's thinking he's speaking in past tense. I think he's talking about in a very literal sense. He's wrestling with his flesh. He's wrestling with the law of God. And then he's like, what a wretched man I am. The things that I hate to do, I do. The things that I love to do, I can't do, right? And, and it's this tension in Romans 7. And then the release of it is this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who, are, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then he goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has been made free from the law of sin and death. So the grace, the, the spirit is free from sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did. Remember the law. You couldn't keep the law. You will struggle with some form of sin, not necessarily habitual, but some degree you will fall short. Okay, some point in your life, you will fall short, meaning that maybe you'll get to a place where you you will hopefully work out all your habitual sin. By the grace of God, your boy is not looking at pornography. I don't have any of those like major sins. But goodness gracious, there's still subtle sins in my life that I have to repent for regularly. There's there's things I might say. There's things I might think. There's things that my attitudes, me being irritable, the way I speak to people. Right. So so there's things that I'm always going to have to deal with to some degree. And all of us are right. If you claim you're without sin, you're a liar. So verse three, though, is the hope for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled to us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So the, the law is fulfilled in the work of Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the good news. You couldn't do it. God did it for you. Amen. This is great. Great news, right? So I think one, step one is understand the scripture. Maybe you need to memorize Romans 8.1 for yourself. Maybe that needs to be a memory verse for you. That when you slide into that shame, into that self-condemnation, you go, nope, there's not no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe that's something you have to do. Two, I think you have to reflect back on the gospel. It's not you that's doing the saving. It's not you that's doing the sanctification. It's not you that's trying to earn your way to heaven. It's done for you. And once you realize the depth of your sin and the depth of God's grace over your sin, then the byproduct usually of that 
is, I want to sin less. How do I sin less? God, show me how to sin less. I don't want to do this thing anymore. You've done so much to create pathways for me to be in intimacy with you. I don't want to break that. I don't want to sin against people. How do I get there? And so I think that is the byproduct of understanding the depth of the gospel. When there is a will, there is a way. A lot of us don't have the will to stop sinning because we don't quite understand that the way is through the spirit and through the gospel. So I think one, we we memorize some scripture. You, you got to speak some scripture over yourself. I think two, we jump into the gospel, proclaiming the gospel over yourself. And then I think three is where he gets into verse five. And this is, this is kind of a scary verse because he's juxtaposing all of this, right? And then he says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, uh, the things of the Spirit. Are you setting your mind according to the things of the Spirit? This is why I'm not big on inquiring about a lot of the things that are happening with the agenda, inquiring about what the non-Christian world is doing, inquiring about what people are doing in the world, inquiring what this agenda has. Because my mind is set on the things of the Spirit, not of the flesh. I don't need to set the things of the flesh on in my life, nor do I need to be thinking about these things externally in terms of what's going on in the world around me. Should we be aware? Should we be alert? All of that kind of stuff. But what are you setting your mind on? What are you meditating on? What are you consuming daily? What are you reflecting on? Is it the things of the flesh? Is it the world's going to hell in a handbasket? Everything's bad. Is it, oh, what a wretched sinner I am. I'm so, I'm such a terrible person, right? Or are you setting your, your, your mind on the things of the spirit, right? Set their minds and live according to the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is, is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Okay, it is hostile to God, right? For it is subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you, you are not in the flesh. Remember, this is juxtaposed in chapter 7 when he's talking about wrestling with his flesh. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not him. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. There's that, there's that tension again. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the, from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bones through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, some of you guys are asking for practical disciplines. Um, this is what we're talking about. A lot of you guys are going to deal with some form of sin. You're going to fall short. I'm trying to help you guys get some get some pathways so that you don't do that. It starts with understanding the gospel. It starts with walking in the spirit. And then here we get into we get into some particulars, right? Um, verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So don't live according to the flesh. Don't do whatever you feel like doing. Don't follow your natural urges. Don't follow your emotions all the time. If you just live according to the flesh, you will die. But, okay, you ready for it? But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many uh, as are led by Christ, uh, by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But there's a lot of fear going on. There's a lot of fear going on in the content space, in the media space. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of people that want you to be afraid. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So a lot of this is knowing your identity. Again, there's, there's, a, con, there's a part of this of just knowing, knowing, dwelling, being present. But there's this one part in here, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds 
of the body you will live. I think once we're regenerated, born again, the condemnation and the shame has to go. It has to leave. You have to get away from thinking you're this terrible person, this terrible sinner. It has to go. You need to be aware of your weaknesses and you need to be aware of ways you may stumble. But but the shame and that that cloud, you have to remove that. Okay. Then you have to know the gospel. You have to be you have to be present, meditating the gospel. Now, how, what what's the next process in it? What's the next step in that? It's to put to death the deeds of the flesh by the spirit, okay? Put to death the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. When there's a will, there's a way. If you now have this understanding of the grace of God, if you now know and understand that you don't need shame and you don't need condemnation, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. If you understand that, then the byproduct of that is, I have to wage war on my sin. By the spirit, I'm going to put to death my flesh. What does that look like for you? What we got to, you know, what sins are you dealing with? What sins are you dealing with? What are you dealing with that's causing you to stay in that loop? Okay. And then, then we know, and we go to the arsenal of tools available to us. What sins are you dealing with? For me, when I was dealing with sexual addiction, pornography, which by the grace of God, I'm not, it's been well over a year, maybe two. I stopped counting, but it's been a really long time since I looked at porn and masturbated. Okay. It's been a very long time. But for me, I had to. I had to, I had to get serious about my sleep, about my mental health, about getting to the root of the issue and not just the fruit. See, a lot of times we're just wandering around looking at these, these weeds in the garden and looking at the, 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 the toxic fruit that's been produced in our lives and we ignore the root of the issue. Where's the root of your sin coming from if it's that habitual type of sin? So then you have to start addressing the root and you, 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 you start attacking, you start creating a game plan, right? And for me, it was a holistic change. I had to go to bed earlier because guess what? You're more likely to look at stuff you shouldn't look at when you're up late. You're more likely to eat stuff you shouldn't eat when you're up late. You're more likely to waste time when you're up late. Your willpower is diminishing, right? You, that, means that, that means that your willpower is not infinite. You have a degree of limit to your willpower, so you might feel great to eat good in the morning, to not look at things you shouldn't look at, to be kind and patient, but as the day goes on, that willpower depletes. You get more irritable. The more tired you get, you get more irritable. You, you, you get more tempted to need a release. The more tired you get, the more frustrated you get, the later you stay up. Your body releases chemicals to make you more hungry later at night. So I had to get my, my sleeping in order. Right. I had to get my I had to get my, my, my I had to go to therapy. I had to I had to get a com community and a support system to help me talk through what this loop was that I was in where I kept repeating the same mistakes over and over again. I had to wage war on my flesh through the spirit. And it took a couple different arsenals in war. You don't just use one thing. It's not a one size fits all. When you go to war, there's multiple there's multiple tools. There's multiple strategies. Right. So some of you guys, you may need to come up to church on Sunday and get deliverance and get prayer and have people have the elders lay hands on you and pray for you. OK, I did that. Other you guys, you may need to join a small group, go to therapy, go find a good Christian therapist or a Christian counselor. Other you guys, you may just need to adjust your sleep. It's, it's it, maybe it's not that deep. Maybe you just you're, you you got a, cra a trash routine. You stay up late. Right. And, and, you, and you need to just go to bed earlier. Right? So we have to know what our options are in war and wage war on our flesh. That is the, the, the practical side. So very practical, very practical. Get your butt to bed on time. Get your butt up early. Get up early. Go do something in the morning. Right? Get, get up and go do something. This is why I love the gym. This is why I love the gym. I have a quote. I, I think I made it up. I'm not sure. It's very David Goggins inspired. Choose your suffering or your suffering will choose you. 
Choose your suffering or your suffering will choose you. Choose some degree of adversity. Because if you don't, later it will catch up to you. This is why strength training is, is helpful. If you're strength training, if you're, if you're going to the gym, you're self-inflicting uncomfort, discomfort, suffering, right? You're preparing your body and your flesh. And so then it, it becomes easier when life actually throws tragedy at you because you've developed that muscle. You develop that resilience to keep going no matter what life throws at you. Right. So, so, so it's a holistic process. A lot of us want this magic bullet and we're just like, oh man, if I could just, no fam, like it's, it's, it's an across the board spectrum. So healthy habits, waking up early, not staying up as late, drinking water, right. Taking naps on the weekends. If you need to take a nap, if you feel like your willpower is depleted, um, naps for me, man, mitigate a lot of my moodiness and you know, all these different things. So those are some practical, those are some practical tools, man. If you're in that loop, I think you need to really reevaluate that. So you got some, you got some work to do. I had some work to do. I still have some work to do. King stream entertainment. Bruce lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, make sure you hit that like button and are subscribed to love what you do album and apparel launches here for a limited time. So if you want to partner with what we're doing here, make sure you hit the link in the description or in the pinned comment to pick you up some love what you do apparel to partner with what we're doing here on the channel. Thank you so much.